Nearly 17 years we've been waiting for this Sacramento Kings return to the playoffs, and the reality is these final 24 hours, now less than 24 hours, feel longer than all those years combined. We are on the eve of the Kings return to the playoffs against the Golden State Warriors. Game one inside the Golden One Center. It's time for my final thoughts. Plus, I'm joined by Sacramento Republic FC soccer legend and diehard Kings fan Cameron Owasa right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season long and now all postseason long for the first time in the podcast history. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports reporter and producer for ABC 10 News. Of course, I will be all over Doco. All over the Golden One Center tomorrow. In fact, it is going to be a chaotic day. Let me uh, bring you some kind of logistics and some housekeeping of what's going on uh, for tomorrow, just so you understand. First and foremost, if you're going to the game, I'm so glad you got tickets. I'm sure you paid a pretty penny for them or or whatever. And of course, if you want to meet up at the game, uh, reach out to me at Sack on Twitter. Email me MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. Let me know that you're coming. Uh, I would love to meet up with you and say hi uh, and and be prepared to bring your energy. But the same can be said on all of that for everybody who doesn't have tickets but can still come and be a part of the festivities uh, outside the Golden One Center in and around Doco. There are going to be so many watch parties, so many viewing areas and stuff like that. If you don't have a ticket and you just feel like you, you, you can't miss the event, still come. There are going to be thousands of people like you uh, that are out there. You don't have to be in the building to have your presence felt and to get that um, get that feeling of, of being there. And I'll, I'll give you kind of an example. So last year uh, I, I covered, I had to, it wasn't choice, but I had to cover the NBA finals with the Golden State Warriors uh, for ABC 10. And a lot of where I was assigned was actually not inside the building. It was outside. I was outside in Thrive City where they had their big screen and they're showing in the fan atmosphere out there. I had a great time. The energy was fantastic. The fans were amazing. It was just a lot of fun. So I encourage you, you don't have to stay home or go to a place close to your home just because you don't have tickets. Come out, be a part of it. Uh, check out the, the kings.com and all the events that they have going on because there are things you can be a part of that you can get free tickets for, like they're building a massive playground for kids and stuff like that, like a Kings fan area. There's just so much to do. So I encourage you, go and be a part of it. And I'm going to be there way early. The game starts at 5.30. I'm going to be there at like noon or something like that, probably even earlier. Just seeing the sights, right? Getting lunch out in Doco, saying hi to people. Uh, So I would love to see you. I would love for you to be a part of it. It's just an amazing event. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, And I encourage everybody, you don't have to be one of the 18,000 or whoever that that have a ticket. I I understand anybody who has FOMO or is uh, disappointed that they're not able to go or some fans I've seen like some of the people sending me messages like, man, I, I feel terrible as a fan, but I just can't afford to go. You need to understand like, you're not, <laughs> excuse me, you're not any less of a fan for not being in the building for the Kings return to the playoffs. You're absolutely not. And please don't ever, ever, ever feel that way. 
I, I want you to understand that. Like your your presence is felt. You are so uh, necessary. You're so appreciated. And even if you do choose to cheer and watch from your couch, you're just as important as everybody else. So uh, uh, get out there for a little bit. Give it a try if you can. I know parking is going to be a nightmare and stuff like that. So you can Uber over or park far away and walk if you're comfortable doing that. Like just prepare yourselves because it's going to be a day upon days. But let's talk about the basketball game a little bit. Also, kind of side note, I've been on a meeting uh, at ABC 10 for the last like hour and a half because we were working out the logistics of what road travel is going to look like. And, and so I am going to be obviously going down to San Francisco for the games. The belief is that the Sacramento Kings will be staying in San Francisco on um, Friday and Saturday in between game three and game four. So I will be there as well. I will be staying in San Francisco, going to practices, shoot arounds and things like that. So I will be doing um, uh, podcasts from San Francisco uh, and and trying to bring you as much information as I can from uh, from the Bay Area before or in between games three and four and everything like that. And I know a lot of you Kings fans are actually making the trip up there uh, to be at one of those, if not both of those games. Uh, so if you're heading uh, over to, to the Bay too, let me know. And I'd love to meet up with you there at Thrive City or uh, Chase Center or wherever. Um, but Enough house cleaning nonsense. Let's talk about this game. We've talked about it till we're blue in the face all week long. It's been like a Super Bowl week, right? It's been like build up, build up, build up, build up, build up. So much build up to one basketball game, one out of a minimum four. But I think the Sacramento Kings should be feeling very, very good going into this game, right? Uh, like there should be, there should be the <coughs> the stress and the uh, sorry for the cough too. Still trying to get rid of it. There should be the nervousness right? The anticipation of being out there on the floor and, and that stage and the bright lights and things like that, which would be natural for anybody, the butterflies, but the Kings shouldn't be afraid. Like they shouldn't feel stressed out or, or nervous to the level like, oh my God, we got to perform. I hope they do, of course. And a lot of people are talking about how important it is for the Kings to win game one and set a tone. If they're going to have a chance of winning the series, I understand that completely. What I'm saying is this, the Kings can come into the series playing loose, playing free, playing fun, enjoying themselves, knowing that if they play that way, they do have a great chance to win because of just how dy dynamic their offense is. The pressure is on the Golden State Warriors here. That doesn't mean there's not any pressure on the Sacramento Kings. Of course, there's going to be pressure from their fan base, pressure from their own expectations, just the pressure on themselves to want to perform uh, and and in front of a national audience as well as the, uh, the local television audiences, right? Plus establishing a rivalry between these two regional rivals. Like there's more than enough reason for there to be some pressure but the Kings don't have to walk into game one going, man, we have to win this. This is a must win game or God, it, we, we like, we can't, we can't handle embarrassing ourselves here. Or, or what if this, what if that they can come in kind of even keeled, even mind knowing, Hey, it's, it's a 48 minute basketball game. We're at home. We're a good basketball team. We earn this spot. Yes. Those are the defending champions, but we can give them hell. Let's go out there and let's do what we can do. And let's be ourselves and express ourselves. I, I, if the Sacramento Kings feel that way, and I think they are going to feel that way, doesn't mean they might not get off to a, a fast start. Like how many times have we seen the home team get off to a slow start actually, because they're, it takes them a little bit to settle in, right? Like the crowd is going to be nuts. It's going to be nuts. And I don't care. Everybody's been making such a big deal out of how many warrior fans are going to be in the building at best. It's going to be 80, 20, and it's probably going to be even less than that. Like it's going to be nuts in there of Sacramento Kings fans letting out 17 years of pent up frustration and impatience, right? It's, it's going to be amazing. The pregame festivities are going to be phenomenal. Uh, the intros are going to be amazing. It's, it's going to be unlike anything we've, we've seen before. And certainly something that we haven't seen uh, in, in almost 20 years. So, that doesn't that can't not have an effect on you as a player. 
So sometimes it takes teams to settle in a little bit. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Golden State Warriors who are like, hey, been there, done that. We've been here before. We know how to handle business. We're the defending champs. We're going to punch first. The Kings can withstand that punch. Now, of course, they don't want to give up like a 14 or 15-0 run right out of the gate. And that's not what I'm talking about. But maybe the Kings take a little bit to settle in. But this team has proven over the course of this season that they can close gaps in a hurry, that they're never really out of it. So... I don't know how the first few minutes are going to look. It would be great for the Sacramento Kings to get off to a, a fast start. And if that happens too, the reality is the Golden State Warriors can close a gap just as quickly, if not quicker, right? They're masters at that. They've been doing that for years. So don't get too high. Don't get too low based off how this game starts. Do get high on just the energy, the excitement from wherever you're watching for the, that game in the playoffs actually beginning and truly returning to Sacramento. That's just going to be an incredible moment uh, in itself right before tip-off. So, like my final thoughts before this game are this and, and kind of a recap of a lot of what we've discussed over the course of this week. The Kings absolutely have a great chance to beat the Golden State Warriors. They're not the favorite. They shouldn't be the favorite. They do have a chance, a great chance, because they can defeat the Golden State Warriors at their own game. I think this series is going to be a, a classic Western shootout. It's going to be high-scoring games. I really, truly believe that's the case. And if the Kings play to the level of their historic offense that they've shown during the regular season— they can outscore anybody, including the potent and dangerous Golden State Warriors. Don't get too worried about defensive matchups because the reality is the Kings aren't that great of a defensive team. Neither are the Golden State Warriors. You're not going to stop Steph Curry. You're going to try and limit Klay Thompson and Jordan Poole and the other main guys as much as possible. You can't let the Dante DiVincenzos and Jonathan Kamingas and Moses Moody's and those guys beat you. Kings can't allow that. And I don't think they're. Uh, I don't think they will. I think they'll rise to that occasion too. It's going to be very interesting to see who Keegan Murray is guarding and how the Golden State Warriors attack Keegan Murray. If Keegan can just be a decent enough defensive presence to where it doesn't negate his offense to keep him out there with his floor spacing, I think the Kings are in very, very good shape. I think the Golden State Warriors are in for maybe not the team because I know they're they respect the Kings. I know they're game planning for the Kings. They've seen the Kings before, but Golden State Warrior fans, in a lot of ways, I think are in for a rude awakening. And I think the rest of the league is going to be put on notice a little bit of, oh, hey, look at this story, this great story of the Sacramento Kings returning to the playoffs and they're the third seed. Oh, yeah, but it was kind of a down year for the Western Conference. But they're, I mean, it's cool. They're there. Like, this is fun. Like, they'll, they get their moment, but then the game starts and the defending champions are going to beat them up. Like, I think that's going to disappear really quickly. I think the Sacramento Kings are going to prove in this first game, yeah, they belong. I hope it's in a win. I expect it to be a win. I expect almost every single one of these games to be close, just like I expect this series to go down uh, to, to six or seven games. So I can't wait. I'm very, very excited. I know the Kings have a great shot uh, to win this game. I know they're as dynamic as it comes. I don't think they have to necessarily rely on De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis playing like absolute superstars and each scoring 30 points or, or more each game for the Kings to have a chance to win, although maybe that'll be required on on uh, uh, one given night. But look, the Kings are in control of their destiny. The Golden State Warriors are going to throw different looks at the Kings. If it's a close game going down the stretch, of course, the Warriors are going to try and clamp down defensively. They're going to try and get under the uh, into the heads of the Kings, get under the skin of the Kings, especially uh, Draymond Green. Monitoring foul trouble is going to be a, an essential part of this Kings series, especially for DeMontis Sabonis. If Domas can stay out of foul trouble, there is nothing that the Golden State Warriors can do to stop him. So that's going to be the biggest thing. Draymond Green knows this. The Warriors know this. They're going to try and go right after Domas and get him to, to get called for as many fouls as possible to get him out of the game in that way. But if Domas stays in the game, the Kings have even better of a chance uh, than I thought initially going into, uh, into this season. But 
The Kings are so dynamic offensively. There's so many different guys that can hurt the Golden State Warriors and get hot at the right time. This is why the Kings are in control of their own destiny. A lot of people say what you do in the offense or what you do in the regular season doesn't necessarily translate to the postseason, right? Postseason is different. Defense is different. Like it's more intense, blah, blah, blah. Okay, maybe we shouldn't expect the Sacramento Kings to score 121 points per game in the playoffs like they did during the regular season. But this team is more than capable of doing it. How many times this season do we see the Sacramento Kings have bad shooting nights and still score over 120? Like that's how dynamic this offense is. If the Kings score 120 points per night, I'm not saying they're not going to give up 120 points per night to the Golden State Warriors at times. If the Kings are able to score 120 points per night, they'll have a very, very, very good shot at winning this series. It is on the Sacramento Kings offense, their shooters, to continue to play at the level that they establish for themselves during the regular season. If they do that, they have not just a great chance to win the series, they have a great chance for a, a deep playoff run. If they don't do that, they're probably losing this series. And bottom line, we're getting context that we have not had in a long time. Four years, or rather four games of who's good or like what does this team need to do to become a better playoff team? How do these players shake up? What does this core look like? What do these groups look like? Is this supporting cast good? Is Fox and Sabonis the guys? Uh, like Keegan Murray on that stage, blah, blah, blah. This is going to be context for Ke or for Monty McNair to go into next offseason and prepare for a season of expectations and a expected deeper run for the Sacramento Kings next year cannot wait fast forward the clocks already i'm tired of staring at the clock seeing it's less than 24 hours away and it couldn't feel like longer we're almost there like i said at the top of the show today's episode of the lockdown kings podcast is brought to you by price picks price picks is the number one way to play daily fantasy sports and the way it works you can play it for game one and prepare to play it right now for game one. Like you can go uh, and look at the established overs or unders on uh, uh, point scoring for different players in this series or in this first game. Like um, I, I haven't checked the numbers quite yet. They usually set them the day of, but let's say Steph Curry is at over under 25 and a half and De'Aaron Fox is, is over under 22 and a half. So you take over on both guys and then you take under on Draymond Green 11 and a half. Well, if all three of those cash in, you can pick uh, two to six players. If all those cash in, you get up to 25 times your money on any entry. It's no competing against other people, just you versus the projections available. Of course, price picks is all over the NBA playoffs, but they also have it for MLB baseball right now during football season. They have it for football, for combat sports, so many different games around the world uh, that price picks is involved with. So you can give that a try. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals and are currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. Download the price picks app or go to pricepicks.com. Sign up and play daily fantasy sports right now. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. So you deposit 100, price picks will give you 100. You deposit 50, price picks will get you 50. It's free money for then uh, for you to then make money on price picks, the number one way to play daily fantasy sports. I know there are a lot of Sacramento Republic FC soccer fans who are also going to be paying close attention to the Sacramento Kings in this playoff run. In fact, Saturday, the Republic have a match at 8 p.m. So you can go to the playoff game right after the game is over, hop in your car, go down to Cal Expo to Heart Health Park to watch the Sacramento Republic FC play. And you should be doing that because the Republic are at the top of the table right now. Uh, they're uh, a first place team. They're really, really exciting. Got a lot of great goal scorers. Uh, and, and that organization has been very kind to me, very great to me. I've, I've worked covering them uh, for the last handful of years, the last handful of seasons here in Sacramento. I have a lot of fans over there, or rather friends over there, and have made a lot of friends, including... Cameron Iwasa, who no longer plays for the Republic, but he's an absolute Republic FC legend. He's also a Sacramento born and raised, a diehard Sacramento Kings fan. 
So I reached out to him and I said, hey, man, you got to come on the podcast. Let's talk about this a little bit. Let's get your thoughts uh, on this Kings and uh, uh, Warriors playoff series. And he's had some teammates, like we're going to mention in this interview, uh, that have been Warrior fans. Uh, that are Warrior fans that we uh, will talk about. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Sacramento Republic FC legend Cameron Owasa. There have been a lot of people in Sacramento waiting for Saturday, waiting for the return to the playoffs, including Sacramento's professional athletes. Joining me right now on the Locked On Kings podcast, it's not his first time, but it's been a long time. Cameron Iwasa, you might know him as a legend of the Sacramento Republic FC USL club uh, here in town, wearing the number 31. You'll be able to see it in the poster uh, behind him. Cameron, no longer a, a player, uh, but still very much around the club. And he's a, a, a diehard Sacramento Kings fan, a Sacramentan uh, through and through. So Cameron, I know you're just as excited to see the Sacramento Kings back on this playoff stage as you were representing the Republic on the playoff stage multiple times in the usl right absolutely buzzing for it man um i'm almost more excited for the kings than i was when i was playing just I, I don't know man it's just been so long i mean i was i was 12 years old the last time the kings were in the playoffs so um every single year i talk myself into it in october and then you know eventually by like december or january it's like well you know let's see let's let's start checking the draft and so finally this year it's like man it's just it was, you know, not a great start, obviously. And then uh, they just started rolling. And it's just been, it's been so fun more than anything. It's just been, every single game has been awesome. And uh, yeah, it's just been great. One of the things we asked Kings GM Monty McNair over the course of this year is uh, someone asked him, when did you think like this team could be special? And he mentioned the uh, win over Utah and Sacramento and Kevin Herter hit essentially a game winner and it blew the roof off the place. I was wondering for you, whether you were at a game or just watching from home, was there a moment this season where you saw this team and went, okay, this actually could be it. And then it became, oh, this will be the team that finally uh, ends the the drought. Yeah, no, that game obviously was great. Just, I mean, Utah, another team that absolutely exceeded their expectations this year, right? Um, but I think it was right around either the game before or game after that uh, when they beat the Nuggets um, with with Domas with the, you know, half a hand. And uh, I mean, that for me was like, hey, you, you just came in and competed with arguably the best team in the West, you know, the number one seed. And your guy that is your all-star, you know, one of your all-stars, because we got two of them, uh, and your all-NBA guy that is coming in and battling through injury and, and you know, showing what he's about. And the team comes out and puts up a big performance against a great team and shows that they belong in that conversation. They can hang with anybody. So for me, you know, that kind of – I think it was – if it wasn't back-to-back -back games, it was within a week. That, that stretch there was incredible for me where it was like, damn, this team is real. Pam, you can provide some really, really unique perspective because you come from the same background that I come from where we grew up watching this team and being a part of this fan base and know how special it is to be a part of it. And then you played in front of this Sacramento fan base for many years as a professional. So someone who understands both sides of it, can you share what it's truly like, the impact that Sacramento fans have on sports here uh, and what you expect from the fan base or what you expect the players to feel? Maybe guys like... Kevin Herter, who haven't been here for, for longer than a year, or Malik Monk, or even De'Aaron Fox, who's been here for a while, but has never felt that playoff atmosphere that you felt. Yeah, I know the Kings for a while, they had the tagline Sacramento Proud, right? And I think they maybe still use it every every now and then, but it's a very real thing. People from Sacramento are extremely proud of being from Sacramento and proud of the city and proud of everything that represents the city. And so uh, for me as a Kings fan, I've always felt that. Um, 
you know, just as a kid growing up, those are my best sports memories, especially given that, you know, the Republic didn't exist when I was a kid. And so growing up, going to Kings games with my dad, with, you know, my family, my friends, uh, I think my number one sports memory that I have is I was in the building for um, the Mike Bibby shot. Mm. uh, And that was like the loudest noise I've ever heard in my entire life. And it's just always stuck in my brain, just how insanely, you know, just crazy that arena was. And I was up in the nosebleeds with my dad, but like, you know, it's something I'll never forget. Um, But no, as as a player, the fan base just absolutely embraces you. Um, You know, I think for me, it was a little more special given that I was a Sacramento kid. And I think people resonated with that, but all of every single guy I've played with and all the guys that are still on the team now, they always talk about like how awesome it is that the fans, um, you know, specifically for the Republic, it's the Tower Bridge Battalion, but you know, the fan base at Kings games, a lot of these guys uh, that are currently on the team have been, you know, been able to get out to some games and stuff. And they're like, dude, this team is like, it's fun. And the crowd is crazy. Like we go to these games and especially, you know, the, at the golden one it's that enclosed area mm-hmm. i mean the sound just bounces off the walls and it's it's nuts and so um i think these guys and these a lot of these guys played in europe and played in front of these packed out stadiums and stuff and they're like man like that sacramento kings fan base it's like something we've never experienced you had a teammate for a while emra clementa who I, I knew through interacting with him, and I believe I'm getting this right. He's a pretty diehard Warriors fan. He's a, he's a big dubs guy. So I'm curious, do you have any kind of relationship with him still, or, or what are you expecting from him with this uh, this Kings-Warriors uh, rivalry really kind of beginning for the first time? It's never really been a rivalry maybe until this point. Yeah, I mean, it's the first playoff matchup ever, right? So I, I don't think you can call it a rivalry. You've never squared off in the playoffs, but... No, yeah, when he came to America, when he was like 11 or 12, um, his family moved to the Bay Area and, you know, he picked up being a Warriors fan. So I will defend him that he's not a fair weather fan. He was <laughs> he was riding with them when they were terrible, too. So uh, I'll give him that. But no, um, we've been we've been talking, we've been texting back and forth and, you know, obviously a lot of trash talk and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, he's he's still one of my best friends. Uh, I talk to him all the time. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll we'll figure out some sort of friendly wager on this series. So I've been very open and honest with like, I've never really had ill will or bad feelings towards uh, the Golden State Warriors or their fan base or anything like that. It's always been like a jealousy, like the Warriors waited for so long, then they got this dynasty. The Sacramento Kings could have had a dynasty if some things, hint, hint, went different maybe in 2002. And and that could have changed the entire landscape of even where we're at today with this Kings franchise. But what is like? What is your outlook on on this Golden State Warriors dynasty and this neighbor of ours just uh, just down Interstate eighty a little bit? Like, is it is it jealousy? Is it frustration? Is there just a desire like I want to see the Kings topple this team the same way maybe you want to see them beat the Los Angeles Lakers? Or like, what is your I guess venom or feelings towards the Warriors going into this series? I'd say it's a mixed bag. Um, I would say that I am you know jealous. Obviously, they they've got four rings in the last what. Seven, six years, years six years yeah. years yeah so there's there's definitely some jealousy there um there's definitely some hatred towards the amount of warriors fans that have popped up in sacramento um that i know for sure didn't exist 10 years ago uh so there's definitely some hatred there especially as a king's fan i mean you see someone walking around with a king's jersey on like you know i always say like i tell my my wife's friends like hey if you meet a king's fan like marry that guy you know he's loyal that's <laughs> <laughs> like that's there's just it is what it is. Um, but uh it's just been extremely impressive. I mean, the roster they've put together, they've gotten some good breaks, obviously, with 
you know, the whole salary cap spike with the KD situation and all that stuff and Steph's ankles and the contract he signed, like there's, there's some very good fortune there, but I mean, there's, there's no doubt like what they've done through the draft, the vast majority of their roster over the years, pretty much outside of KD has been through the draft. And so uh, you got to tip your hat there. It's, it's as, as close to a homegrown uh, dynasty as you're ever going to get. And uh yeah, I mean, they've been a juggernaut, but it puts us in a situation where if you look at it, like potentially the stars are aligning, right? You get the chance to take out the Warriors, which, you know, I, to your point, a little bit of a big brother, right? Over the last six, seven years that they've been, you know, put it on us pretty good. Um, and then if you do get past them, like you you might be staring at a, a matchup with those people down south. So uh, it's... Uh, I've got some serious ideas about making a conference finals run and and kind of tackling our two biggest demons. What gives you the most confidence about this Kings team going into a playoff series, even if this team hasn't had playoff experience together before? Uh, I think the biggest thing people talk about is that, you know, the game slows down in the playoffs and especially basically in the De'Aaron Fox era, I feel like the Kings have been such a good transition team and that's certainly continued this year, but the half court offense this year is like, it's unlike anything I've seen basically since the early two thousands for this team. Um, the the ability to score when the game slows down, obviously fourth quarter Fox has been just insane. Um, and so that's what gives me confidence. It's the number one offense, but it's not just the number one offense because they're getting out in transition all the time. It's the half court offense has been extremely efficient. And uh, I just think, you know, the Warriors have been struggling defensively. Obviously the Warriors can score with the best of them. The Kings struggle defensively, but I think, you know, being confident that offense is not going to not going to go away when when the game, you know, gets tough and gets tight. We got all the shooters. We got Fox and and Domas is running through every, you know, everything's running through him. Like, I, I just think if you can score that much, you always have a chance. And, you know, it's obviously I'm not going to sit here and like guarantee a Kings win over the Warriors, you know, the defending champs and the team with that sort of pedigree. It is what it is. But I I truly believe they can win this series, which. Uh, I, I'm not sure I would have been saying that last year or the year before. Well, do you have a prediction for the series? Like for me, it's it's Kings and seven. But my my one prediction that I have is that, I, I mean, this series to me, there's no way this series doesn't go six or seven games. I think it's just destined to go long. Yeah, I filled out the little bracket on NBA.com and I, I picked Kings and seven. Um, you know, I think just like you, there's going to be some games where, you know, De'Aaron goes off. There's going to be a game where, you know, Herter and Barnes and Keegan each hit multiple threes and, and, you know, they get hot and then you're going to have a Steph game. You're probably going to have a clay game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'll have maybe a game where some random Warriors role player, you know, goes off for 15 points in a crazy stretch. And I, you know, I'm, I'm basically banking on the home court advantage. You get to seven, you get to play here at golden one and uh, you know, I'll take our chances there. Cam, you were a forward, you were a striker. And there have already been questions asked of Mike Brown in this Kings roster. Like, how do you deal with someone like Draymond Green, who is, he's a he's a physical beast. He loves to play mind games. Like, I think he's brilliant for the league. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Draymond from the sense that he's annoying as hell, but he just adds so much. And I know the Warriors appreciate him because he takes so much off of Steph and Clay uh, and, and other guys on that roster. But as a forward, as a striker, when guys couldn't stop you, they just had to be physical or they had to get in your head or they had to try and knock you off your game in some way. So I know it's a different sport, but as an athlete, like how did you handle that knowing 
oh, these guys can't stay in front of me. These guys can't stop me from scoring. The only thing they can do is try and get me pissed off to where I lose my focus. Yeah, Draymond's interesting because he doesn't necessarily have that value on probably 27 or 28 other teams, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's a very specific role that he plays for that team. And, you know, to make that connection, like I played against plenty of guys that were extremely valuable that made like all league teams and stuff. But if you drop them on a different team, they wouldn't have that value because they don't have the, you know, creative midfielders playing around them. You can have that bruiser that's going to just hit you and knock you down if you have the creative players. And that's kind of how I, that's, that's the connection I make that, you know, Steph and Clay and Jordan Poole and all these guards that they have, those are the creative guys that, you know, maybe are defensive liabilities and Draymond's just there and cleans it all up and, you know, can make the game ugly at times, but gives them exactly what they need. And he's that emotional leader. He's, he's does all the dirty work and, um, you know, good for him that he, he found that perfect situation. And he's obviously made himself into, you know, probably a, actually not probably, and he's definitely gonna be a hall of famer when it's all said and done. So, uh, yeah, I, th I think he's going to be doing his best to try to get in Domas's head or, you know, whatever, whatever guy that he ends up, uh, you know, tasked with defending. But uh, the best way to deal with that is just score. You know, for me, whenever I was dealing with that, if I scored a goal, like that does the talking for you. So mm -hmm. Domas goes off and puts up 30 or, you know, whoever it is, like that says all you need to say. You had a pretty big role in your professional career as a young player very quickly. And here is Keegan Murray starting in the playoffs as a rookie. Uh, which you don't see a lot of rookies doing that. So what is your, I guess, confidence level or just your overall thoughts on on Keegan Murray and his ability to handle this moment? I think the biggest thing that gives me confidence with him is like these moments are so like emotionally charged and, you know, you can get nervous and you can, you know, get a little bit outside of yourself. And uh, Keegan has proven time and time again that I don't think the guy has a single emotion in him. Uh, <laughs> I think we've seen him smile maybe four or five times over the entire course of the season. So uh, I think that kind of robotic energy actually is a big, a big advantage here that he's not going to let that moment be too big for him. And he's going to, you know, try to stay in his lane. And uh, I think his performance this year for a number five or a number four pick is like, uh, you, you usually expect that guy to be like a huge prominent, you know, guy running the offense, whatever it may be. And, he was the perfect pick for this team because obviously with Domas and Fox, like that opportunity to run the show is not really there. And mm. for him to come in and, and settle into that role, like that's a really tough thing to do as a, as a young player. And he's, he's just been embracing it so well. And he's been flying this year, you know, sets the rookie three point record and all this and that. And that's what I would expect in the playoffs too. He's going to, he's going to play his role. He's going to, he's going to be ready for those catch and shoots. And like I said, I expect him to have at least one big game where he, you know, knocks down four or five and, and swings the game. Finally, Cam, you were known for scoring a lot of goals in Sacramento, but you were also known for uh, for some of your celebrations. I, I saw a back backflip from you a, a time or two uh, in Sacramento. Uh, I know Steph Curry is has gotten pretty good at his celebrations after big shots, whether it's hitting the go to sleep like he did last year. Uh, he's just he he has that showboat element to him that I know rubs fans the wrong way. Again, with me. I love it. I say feed into it. I'm also a guy in baseball. I love the back flip, bat flips and things like that. I say bring it on. I think it adds to the moment. But uh, it, do you want to see some more like celebrations out of the Sacramento Kings in this moment? They hit a big, uh, big shot or you get a big dunk from De'Aaron or a big dunk from DeMontis or something over the course of the game. You probably are a fan of Malik Monk then uh, because of how uh, energetic and animated that he is. But what do you think about the celebrations of the Sacramento Kings and what would you add to it if you were there on that bench? Yeah, I was just going to say, we don't have a lot of guys with the big personalities. Malik is definitely the one guy that, you know, he makes a tough bucket or, 
you know, he'll dunk on somebody every once in a while and he'll let you know about it for sure. Uh, but you look down the roster, like Fox is pretty even keel. Like he'll go in for a massive dunk and maybe you'll get a yell out of him, but then, it, you know, he'll just jog back down the court, you know, herder for the most part, he'll, he'll give you a little something, you know, maybe like a hand signal, but he hits his threes and kind of moves on. Harrison Barnes obviously is just the consummate pro that I don't think, you know, if he ever says anything, you either know something's wrong or, I mean, he's really, really fired up. So, um, you know, I, I don't expect a lot out of it, but that's kind of how I like it. You know, you mentioned that I had a couple of good celebrations, but for the most part, I was I would try to just go about my business. If, you know, kind of like the if I scored, I expected to score and, and kind of go about it that way. And I, that's that's another thing that I really like about this Kings team. You know, they, they expect to be where they're at. You know, if they're if they're they go out here in game one and beat the Warriors, I don't think it's going to be some crazy celebration out of the team. Like, obviously, the fans will be excited, but I think the the guys on that roster like they expect to be there. I think that's such a huge thing psychologically going into this matchup is they, ex they expect to win this game. And I know Mike Brown is, has been in their head about that, that they're every bit as good as these guys and, you know, they can go get it done. The Republic brought a championship to Sacramento. Hopefully the Sacramento Kings will do that as well. One day, Cam, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Always good to talk to you, my friend. We have to get out to the links again so you can kick my ass on the golf course soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. This episode of Locked on Kings is also brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. It's the coolest game that I've played in a long time. I always thought I could be a great GM. I really only had like NBA 2K or NBA video games uh, to give it a try. Turns out it's not that easy when you actually have a legitimate simulation version of what being a GM is like. If you've had the same thought and fantasized about managing your own basketball franchise, go and download Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now. This game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. In a simulation, you're responsible for dealing with challenging personalities from players and coaches, hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency, and the draft, and all the ups and downs of the regular season and playoffs, all in this challenging and realistic game world. Go to ultimateprobasketballgm.com. It's completely free and playable offline. Play on the go, and you can uh, play when you want, wherever you want, as you want. Locked on Kings listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store, so be sure to check that out. To download the game, visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com, Ultimate GM. Start your dynasty today. Before we wrap up, sticking with the theme of the Sacramento Republic FC, uh, I went out to training yesterday before their match on Saturday and, and asked a few of them uh, for little messages uh, to the Sacramento Kings wishing them luck. I thought it'd be fun to play uh, them for you here. Friends from Sacramento Kings, uh, this is Rodrigo Lopez. Uh, I want to wish you guys the best of luck these playoffs. I know the whole city is rooting for you guys. Everyone's behind you guys. Good luck. Go kill it. I uh, just want to wish Sacramento Kings good luck as they embark on their playoff journey um, this weekend. Um, extremely, extremely proud to see the city get behind and hopefully we can bring a result against the Warriors. Good luck, Mike. Good luck, Jordy. Good luck, the players. Good luck, everyone involved at Sacramento Kings. To all of our friends at the Kings, good luck. We've got your back at the Republic. We're rooting for you guys all the way. Go get them. Kamawasa here, former Sac Republic player. I uh, just wanted to say good luck. Can't wait for this. Uh, been waiting so long for the playoffs, and it's finally here. And just want to say, as as someone born and raised in Sacramento, how much fun this has been. How proud myself and and the rest of the city are of, of what you've done this year. And just looking forward to a big run. And can't wait. 
Sacramento sports franchises stand together. The Republic won a championship back in 2014. Would be great for the Kings to win a championship here in 2023. And don't be surprised if over the course of this series, you see a lot of Republic FC players in and around uh, the Golden One Center to support uh, this team as this this, uh, series goes on and hopefully goes into other series in a deep playoff run. I'm ready. You ready? I am ready. If you're heading out to the Golden One Center, let me know again. I'll be mingling outside. I'll be mingling inside. I just want to feel the vibes and and, and chat to as many people uh, as I possibly can. So let me know if you're going. Even if we don't meet up, I want to know that you're there. I want to know that Locked on Kings is represented. And of course, after the game, we'll have a Locked on Kings podcast, a post-game edition like we've had every single uh, every single um, game so far, most games. Uh, this regular season, so nothing is is different there. And as the series goes on, of course, with me going to San Francisco and whatever it may be, I'll have more uh, podcasts in between uh, games, preparing for games and things like that. So we're not stopping just because the playoffs are starting. I really appreciate your support. Can't wait to have you join me on the post-game edition of the first Kings playoff game in almost 17 years. It's happening tomorrow, and you are listening to Locked on Kings.